We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat. As if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. to brutes, men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men, with machine minds and machine hearts. Everybody, it is Reality Rants. I am Jason Burmis. We're going to be talking a lot today about virtual reality, Max, and the push not only for the metaverse, but also the idea that the metaverse is dead, being greatly over-exaggerated Johnny nonsense. Hate to tell everybody. That, that might get a little disappointed here. Guess what? Going nowhere. Going absolutely stinking nowhere. I promise you that. Um, it is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how profitable it is. I'll make that abundantly clear. It don't matter how much money they making. It's not about money. It's about control. It's about controlling narratives. It's about controlling technologies and look there are a lot of mac heads out there for whatever reason the people that tend to be mac heads are not very computer literate i'll just say that not always there are certainly people in professional industries that are somewhat computer literate uh, but i always find it's people that think well this is the most expensive so this is the best thing i can buy it's not and no it isn't Okay, and I, I know people that do like professional productions on nothing but iMacs and MacBooks and, and the whole nine. And look, it gets by, but I think that in, in most cases it's overpriced and piss poor, which is really, in my experience, uh, the Mac experience. Overpriced, piss poor. Sorry, Mac and Cheese. Sorry, I don't. I don't long for an iPhone. I don't long for a Mac Mini. I don't long for any of that crap because that ecosystem to me is very limited, overpriced, and really more of a status symbol than uh, a practical use. And this new launch of a 
$1,500 headset. I mean, I'm not even, it's a used car, folks. It's a used car. Um, you know, it, it's a down payment on a brand new one. Because you look at it, $3,500 plus tax. You're looking at close to four grand for a headset. We're going to play their launch video. Every uh, big time tech creator has already got some kind of a preview or a review up about this thing as it launched yesterday. And here's the thing. I see a lot of people who have money to burn, who have no understanding of the technology, its significance, going out and buying these stupid things. Okay? And really, they, they look a lot like AR goggles. So, so you could actually see through these ones, whereas most headsets right now, including uh, the Quest 2, and uh, by the way, Apple's not the only one launching a new headset. Meta, a.k.a. Facebook, is also launching a new headset a lot, you know, $3,000 cheaper. And it works with everything. 3000 It actually, it's a standalone machine like this, uh, this Apple piece is, but the Apple is also tethered. It's still hooked to something. Now, those, uh, the MetaQuest, the Quests 1, 2, and now 3, they're not tethered to anything. They can be. You know, the, the battery life isn't the best. Uh, you can also see, I, I would imagine the MetaQuest 3 will be better than the uh, Quest 2 headset, which basically, if you want to see pass-through, it has cameras uh, on it. So you see like a black and white real-time pass-through of everything around you. It's pretty crude, but at the same time, uh, it, it makes it so that you don't necessarily have to take your headset off if you want to grab your coffee or something off the desk. This Apple technology is really not geared at putting you just in a virtual universe. But to have you in an augmented reality where you're still interacting with people, which is, by the way, pretty absurd. Like, okay, in an office environment, briefly in a home environment, maybe. Maybe. But are you going to want to wear a headset to watch a big screen movie. It can replace your big screen TV and all your monitors. That's bull. You know, I, I, I have, uh, I've been into the VR technology since it went commercial. I have an Oculus, um, from back that was still wired. It's, it's, it sits around now. I don't even have it hooked up because you need to put sensors all around. It didn't have the camera sensors or the motion sensors, now controllers themselves have gyroscopes in them. And this one is going to be controller free. And by the way, the Quest 2 also uh, in some of its beta programming, you could get rid of the controllers and you could kind of use your hands to navigate. This is actually going to look directly into your eyes and your iris and watch the motion of your pupils. And you can actually select things with your eyeballs. I repeat that. Select things with your eyeballs. Now, again, this seems like a bit of an extended parlor trick because even with like the Quest 2, there's like a little dot there. If you don't have your your controllers, you can look at something. All of a sudden, the little wheel will go. And if you stare at it long enough, it'll select it. So 
a lot of this technology, not new. Uh, not new at all. Well overpriced. We're going to play, again. I think it's like a nine-minute introducing Apple Vision Pro. Uh, after the first segment this hour when we come back and break it down point by point by point by point on what's actually coming, I want people to understand, again, going nowhere. Meta announces AI training and inference chip project. This is just a few weeks ago, right around the same time that they said, Meta is dead. It's not, it's not dead. It's partnered with the World Economic Forum. They may rebrand it. They may rename it. It ain't going anywhere. They want you a part of this virtual world, and they need you to embrace this virtual world, okay, so they can what? take over the real one and get you more and more comfortable with the idea of man merging with technology, a.k.a. transhumanism, right? Old muskernuts, can't wait. <sighs> David Icke has a, a new piece up about the muskernuts, um, Apple, and basically all these pushes from every side, the Klaus Nutschwabs, the Yoval Noah Hararis, the Microsofts, all in a push for transhumanism from all directions. Meanwhile, they sit there and be like, the Musk is your hero. The Musk is for free speech. No, he's not. He says freedom of speech, not freedom of reach. In other words, we'll censor you. We'll artificially suppress your numbers. We won't allow you to get your message out if we don't like it. And look, as far as platforms go, outright censorship, um, Twitter's probably one of the better ones, unfortunately. It really is. Uh, like, we already, we just had this week, RFK Jr. goes on the Michael Tyson podcast. Now, Tyson doesn't own his podcast. He's getting the cheese. He's getting the scratch. He signed off, right? He, he signed off on doing this podcast, taking money, and not having creative control. Now, to his credit, obviously, they put the RFK Jr. one up on YouTube, and YouTube said, no, 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 no. No, we can't hear from a viable Democratic candidate for the presidency that's already polling tremendously in light of the smears by the mainstream media. Nope, can't have that on you. Get it out of here. Get it out of here now. They weren't even allowed to put the Alex Jones podcast with Mike Tyson anywhere. Forget about YouTube. Didn't go anywhere. They didn't even air it. And that's why you don't sign contracts saying somebody else owns your product, period. Somebody else owns your mindset, period. You don't do it. You have to remain independent. And I know some people will sit there, well, you're on Red Voice Media. They license my show. In no way, shape, or form do they tell me who I can talk to or what I can talk about, ever. It's never happened. I've been with this company now, geez, it's not quite a year, 
Um, but with the uh, with the premium, with just doing like the one weekly show, very close. It's got to be like nine, ten months. It'll be a year like that, like that. And you know, Red Voice is uh, a media outlet that's not only growing, but has seen trouble in the past um, from pe previous people being associated with it and going off the cuff. And when I say that, I'm, I'm not trying to bring anybody down. All I'm saying is that in large part, media organizations in particular, especially after something like that, that happens where either uh, they are threatened with legal action or forced to defend themselves against legal action, they're not very trusting of other people. They like to sew it up pretty good, pretty good. And to Red Voice's credit, you know, and I and I, I take this um, with an enormous responsibility. I just want people to understand that they've basically said, "Hey, man, do your thing. Do, we trust you, and trust is something that is, in my uh, experience, is not given. It is absolutely earned. So, look, you'll never, ever, ever hear me say I wasn't allowed to do this." Now, I might not be allowed to air it on YouTube because obviously YouTube is a platform that has taken my channel several times, has censored a multitude of my videos, uh, and goes after anybody with an alternative narrative to the authoritative one on the most important subjects and continually shows its teeth when what? when it does these type of things to big podcasts such as Mike Tyson's. And look, RFK Jr. had his big Twitter space yesterday. Another huge win for Twitter, even though the media is still trying to paint that platform now as a loser platform and that it's all for right-wing extremists and domestic terror chatter and conspiracy theories. All Johnny nonsense. All extreme levels of Johnny nonsense. And, and quite frankly, even though there was a ban on some of these bigger accounts uh, of a conservative nature, their reach is still huge. Like, I'm going to go to Matt Walsh, for instance. I, I had somebody ask me about why I hadn't seen uh, What is a Woman, and I'll explain why I haven't watched that or a lot of things. Uh, this year or over the years, what I think about Walsh, the Daily Wire, etc. Uh, that's coming up on the flip side of this break. Stay tuned. Thumbs it up, subscribe, and share. This is Reality Rants with Jason Burmas, brought to you by Red Voice Media and our sponsor. You're still looking good. I'm still feeling good. You know, I've got all your MyPillow products. Mattress topper, bed sheets, MyPillows, towels, slippers, blankets, sleepwear. Dumb whoa, whoa, Charles. Everyone now can get MyPillow products at huge discounts at MyPillow.com. That's right. Now's the time to go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to take advantage of our three-in-one sale. We're bringing you exciting new products, overstock specials, and closeout deals you won't find anywhere else. For example, when you buy one of our brand new MyPillow 2.0s, you get another one absolutely free. And with our overstock sale, you save 50% on our luxurious Giza Dream bed sheets. That's as low as $29.99 for the best sheets ever. 
And with our biggest closeout special, you get our all-season slippers for only $35, or our sandals and slides for just $25. Quantities are limited, and once they're gone, they're gone. Mike, I'm interrupting that commercial. So we're going to get to the new Apple unveil of their uh, their product in a minute, um, in a Apple Vision Pro. But I wanted to hit this story first. And I also want to remind people that uh, we do the second hour over on the RVM Rumble channel. Completely free. RVMRumble.com is where you can go find it right away. Make sure you subscribe, etc. You want to support the broadcast? RedVoiceMedia.com slash Uncensored. That's RedVoiceMedia.com slash Uncensored. You're going to get two extra premium videos a week. This past weekend, I had a ton of people canceled on me. I, I got up here. I started running my mouth yesterday saying, oh, don't worry. I locked in two interviews. We're going to have them up uh, this afternoon, this evening. And then I had someone else cancel on me. Ricky Verandas, God love him. Uh, the Ripple Effect podcast, The Union of the Wanted. Wasn't able to make it yesterday. However, I had a great conversation with the Jackman Brothers, which is now up for premium. We're going to be playing a small excerpt of them discussing their viral interview recently with RFK Jr. And really the hour-long conversation is how they got into the political spectrum, um, different uh large political figures they've interviewed or confronted over the years, their experiences with them, the podcast in general, and really their comedy as well. How they've been able to put out relevant information, have real conversations with big-time political players, and not lose their sense of humor, not lose their sense of humanity. That's huge. That's a big deal. So uh, Eric and Mike Jackman, uh, if you watch the whole thing, we're ta- they gave me one impression I was not ready for. They did a John Kerry for me. They did a John Kerry for me. We got a little bit of Alex Jones. Uh, we got a bit of Jesse Ventura on top of it. Uh, obviously, a lot of Donnie T, whole bunch of Donnie T. That story, just a great conversation. So if you are a supporter of the broadcast, We do have that exclusive one-hour interview up, and we're going to be playing a small excerpt of that interview in the broadcast today. Okay, right here, the debrief. Intelligence officials say U.S. has retrieved craft of non-human origin. Okay, so why am I bringing this up if I was about to talk about Matt Walsh and what is a woman? Okay, oh, I want to read that for the Apple thing. Sorry, that's not the one. Where is it? Right here. Boom. Intelligence officials now confirm that UFOs of non-human origin have been recovered and studied. At this point, the only reason to discount these reports is your own preconceived belief that aliens can't exist. The evidence is overwhelming uh, now. This is Matt Walsh. This is the what is a woman guy. Matt Walsh has no idea what he's talking about here. Zero idea what he's talking about here. Nothing. Zip, zilch. It's embarrassing, Matt. And look, I don't know Matt personally. I'm not here to attack him. I'm just here to let people know that you're putting your eggs in that guy's basket. Okay? And, and look, the film might be awesome. It's gotten great reviews. My brother watched it. He said it was really good. Uh, I'm not discounting it. 
the thing with me is I don't need to be told what a woman is. I'm about to be 44 years old. <laughs> I've lived enough to know what a man is and a woman is. And whether I'm you know, about to be 44 or 30 or 20 or 10, I knew what a woman was. And there was no amount of propaganda. I have not been barraged boom, 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 with so much hate and lies that my viewpoint has flipped. So for me, I don't necessarily need to see that movie. All right? And I love documentary films. In fact, just two nights ago, I watched uh, probably a 45-minute video, I think called YouTube Revolution, which wasn't necessarily a BBC or an ITV thing, but a British documentary on uh, YouTube. had one of the original... Creators of YouTube who uh, then sold out to uh, Google at $1.2 billion with two other partners. And these guys were all ex-PayPal employees. It showed the inference of the viral video. It showed the importance of the internet and YouTube in the uh, Barack star, the Obama campaign, and so much more. Missed a lot of things, for sure. Interesting enough. It, just kind of background fodder. Me with my feet up in my living room, checking it out. I don't really know the last time I sat down to like a big film like that, right? Uh, the Plandemic series now has The Great Awakening out there. Maybe I'll watch it. Maybe I won't. I watched the real Anthony Fauci, the RFK Jr. Doc, uh, documentary because I did not read the book. I thought that was good, but it could have had a lot more in it. Uh, Well-paced for an hour-long documentary. Not even sure how long Walsh's documentary is, okay? But going back to this, and, and uh, look, I can understand why people are coming to this conclusion. This tweet has almost 4,000 retweets and has been scrolled through and seen 5.7 million times. Now, I saw it without even the tweet. Somebody had taken a screenshot of this, and that tweet did very well. So this gets a lot of traction. No, Matt, it's not just my preconceived notion that aliens can't exist because that's not a preconceived notion of mine. As a younger man, in my teens and 20s, I very much believed that not only were UFOs real, which they are, unidentified flying objects are real, but they did come from a non-human uh, species, uh, alien in nature, and obviously they came from the stars. I really did believe that. Then I started doing actual research. And don't get me wrong, prior to that I had done actual research but there was certainly an aspect of ignorance and I want to believe. And the ignorance was based in where we were technologically during the World War II era when a vast majority of the sightings regarding UFOs began to occur, especially ones that were considered aircraft. Now, let me posit another reason you would have these experts come out, these intelligence officials. Total and complete disinformation. That's what. And perhaps 
this person was working on a craft and was told it was from um, another planet or dimension or whatever. That's possible. But I'll guarantee you Matt Walsh has not watched Mirage Men, does not understand the significance of a big lie such as what? Aliens exist. This technology is alien. And now, once that starts to come out, you set up a scenario where you could utilize technology that is very real with propulsion systems we can't imagine and flying crafts we can't imagine, drone technology we can't imagine that's in the sky. And then accompanying that on top of the real stuff would be holograms. And those holograms would make it seem like fleets of these things could exist. And all of a sudden, you have your alien invasion. Why would you trust whistleblowers within the intelligence community knowing the intelligence community are complete and total liars? Complete and total liars. Why would you trust governments which have openly uh, experimented on human beings, including unwitting citizens? in this country, after reading Area 51 and understanding that this was in large part an underground facility to test nuclear weapon systems and other types of weapon systems, propulsion systems, and even do, as revealed later, human experimentation. Why in the world would you believe that's alien? What, because Bob Lazar came out and said he was briefed with some Zeta Reticuli documents? And, and Lazar, you know, he, he seems to absolutely have a connection to, uh, what is it, SR? <sighs> I'm trying to think which, which subdivision. I don't, I don't want to mess it up, but basically a subdivision of the Area 51 complex. Now, Lazar is another one of those human beings, okay, human beings, that has a totally sketchy past. I mean, it, I, people don't realize, yeah, Bob Lazar now has, uh, you know, a family, and he's got his own lab, and I know that everybody talks about Element, what is it, Element 51, or Element 151. Bob Lazar ran a brothel. Hands down. Guy ran a brothel with prostitutes. Okay? Was prosecuted for it. I mean, to each his own, I guess. It's not the type of business that most people would consider trustworthy. Would, would consider being run by somebody who's an honest person. So Lazar definitely, aside from... The UFO stuff. Because look, there's definitely something there. He buddied up pretty quick with John Lear. And John Lear is another one of those guys that has put out, in my opinion, either on purpose or because he himself was duped after seeing all these fantastical things. Total and complete mis and disinformation regarding the issue of not only extraterrestrials, but much, much more. Including, by the way... Uh, things of a quote-unquote new world order nature. And 
When we get back after the break on this segment, we're going to go back to the Apple device. We're going to play introducing Apple Vision Pro. But I want people to really grasp, really grasp what is going on with this alien agenda. Because it's a real agenda in the sense that what? It's the ultimate enemy. It's the ultimate enemy. It's the ultimate excuse for control. It's the ultimate cover for, for doing naughty, naughty things in biological experimentation and warfare. We have to acknowledge that. We have to understand that. And guys like Stephen Greer, who had their disclosure stuff yet again, which is going nowhere. Nowhere. Because, number one, some of these people inside... Uh, this project can't be trusted. Richard Doty would be the big one. Richard Doty that openly told lies about aliens and UFOs uh, to a local, I believe he was, a, he was either a multimillionaire or billionaire who went bankrupt because of Doty and the disinfo that he was feeding him. But it's okay because Richard Doty acknowledged all that and then saw he said he saw a real alien. Saw a real alien body, he did. And that, those are the type of garbage people that Stephen Greer pushes. I watched another documentary on consciousness and UFOs, and these people think that they're communicating with aliens in mountains, and they're doing these uh, press conferences right in D.C. And this woman is talking about uh, Anjali or something like that, some ex-FBI intelligence spook who's now in a wheelchair because of Gillian Beret talking about her experience with aliens in a mountain. No videos, no photographs, no aliens, but we're supposed to believe the ex-spook. So Walsh, you're way off on the UFO issue, amongst others. That has to be acknowledged. And that guy is a guy um, who is promoted by uh, the establishment. Okay, believe it or not. They want that right-left paradigm to keep going but I want you guys to take a look at a word from our sponsor. Welcome to Reagan Gold Group. We're glad you're here. We understand that you're probably feeling the pain of rising inflation and are worried about how it may be affecting your hard-earned savings. Thanks to H.R. 5376 passed by President Biden, many 401k and IRA savers are facing a nightmare. Governments are printing fiat currency at an alarming rate, which means that the value of your savings is being eroded day by day. However, there is a way to escape wealth confiscation. Precious metals such as gold does not depreciate over time and is a sound investment that keeps on growing. Physical gold is not subject to fraud and as inflation rises, so does the price of gold. It's an investment product that is renowned for its ability to hedge against inflation. I'm Leith Eaton, the Senior Account Executive here at Reagan Gold Group. We offer 100% free IRA rollovers with free storage, maintenance, and insurance for up to three years on qualified orders. We understand that your financial needs and goals may change over time, which is why we offer a hassle-free buyback commitment. This allows you to sell your precious metals any day, any time at the current market value. Whether you're looking to cash in on your investment 
diversify your portfolio, or simply need some extra cash. Our buyback commitment is here to support you. We offer a price match guarantee to ensure you get the best price for your precious metal investments. Contact us before making a purchase and we'll beat any competitor's price. We also understand the importance of the safe and secure shipping of your metals. That's why we fully ensure all orders ship to our customers with signature required. Book a free consultation with us now to learn how you can invest in precious metals and hedge your financial future. And for a limited time, we're offering up to $2,500 in free gold and silver. Don't miss out on this limited opportunity. Contact us today to take advantage of this amazing offer. That is at rvmgold.com, rvmgold.com. Go check it out today. So before we move back into Apple, I did want to mention this really briefly. Captain America, New World Order. I saw New World Order was trending. And anytime something like that trends, I take a look. That was supposed to be the subtitle, okay, the subtitle for the new Captain America movie, which... That series, believe it or not, has very much um, discussed openly globalism, censorship, and, and a lot of aspects of the quote-unquote New World Order conspiracy theory, but in this, they kind of make it all about Hydra. Well, they changed it. They changed uh, the New World Order. Guess what they changed it to? Brave New World. Captain America goes from New World Order... To brave new world. Huh. It's, it's almost like they shouldn't have changed it at all. Both of those connotations extremely significant in a reality-based viewpoint. And especially right now, when we are living in more of a brave new world than ever, where a vast number of the general populace in this country are totally and completely drugged out of their minds legally by the medical system. A hundred percent. They are lost, and they don't know it, because these medications, in many ways, have severed them from themselves, severed them from reality, severed them from critical thinking severed them from the idea that being depressed or upset or angry or sluggish can be fixed with a magic pill. It's, it's not going to be fixed with exercise or diet or human relationships or goal setting or what? Focusing on your career and family, it's none of those things. It's not about hard work. It's about a pill. It's about a magical pill that is going to save you. It's going to make you feel all better. Not just one magical pill. What, the magical pill's not working? We got another magical pill to go with that magical pill. And if those two don't work, we got a third magical pill to pop a lop right on top. Pills, pills, pills. Brave new world. All right. I said I would play it. We're already in the third segment 
of uh, the first hour here. Thumbs it up. Thumbs. Can we get 100 thumbs up? Thumbs up, subscribe, share. Uh, again, can't do it without you guys. Let people know about the broadcast. We're live Monday through Thursday, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. doing it here at redvoicemedia.com. Second hour, completely uncensored. RVMRumble.com. And without further ado, let's get into introducing the Apple Vision Pro. Introducing Apple Vision Pro. The era of spatial computing is here. When you put on Apple Vision Pro, you see your world and everything in it. Your favorite apps live right in front of you. So again, uh, AR headsets have been around forever. And this is just the new Apple model. They're showing you, again, in that ecosystem, the same type of apps. There's the App Store right there. It's going to have a nice... Nice little shadow effect on everything. Really going to be immersive. People are going to be able to see you. You're going to be able to see them. It's the Apple Vision Pro. $3,500 headset. But now, they're in your space. This is Vision OS, Apple's first ever spatial operating system. It's familiar, yet groundbreaking. You navigate with your eyes. Simply tap to select. Flick to scroll and use your voice to dictate. It's like magic. Apps have nothing magical about that. All the technology is not new, uh, not developed by Apple. Uh, obviously, in house, developed for this uh, headset, but they're not pioneers. N nothing you just saw there is proprietary to Apple or new in any way, shape, or form, or revolutionary. It's not. Mention, react to light, and cast shadows. Even though these spatial experiences are happening inside Vision Pro, it looks, sounds, and feels like they are physically there. Except for you're wearing this huge headset that's sitting on your face, that's strapped to the back of your head. That, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. When you're playing certain games, and especially of, you know, a very reactionary nature, you do lose yourself in it. And you may, for a moment, think that you're not wearing a virtual headset. I guarantee you, if you're sitting there watching a movie or you're scrolling through apps, you know you're wearing a headset, 100%. And I wonder at the bottom, uh, usually right here at the bottom, it's, it's never like airtight or right against it. And you can kind of sneak your vision down. All right. And the other thing is I'm not sure how much space this covers. There, there are certainly some much more expensive headsets that go outside of the Quest Arena that have, I believe, this is like a 4K, better than a 4K display. And we've seen 8K displays on some of these headsets that are massive. Apparently, they have a much more immersive experience because of the uh, field of view and the frame rate. Uh, again, remains to be seen. Haven't, haven't played with those, but let's get back to Apple here. 
Foundational to Apple Vision Pro is that you're not isolated from other people. When someone else is in the room... Now, this is supposed to be this woman's daughter? How? That's an Asian woman sitting there. And you could say, well, maybe this is a half Asian, half black, or half Indian person. Maybe. I don't see it. I get it. We're clearly doing the actor thing. But... It just shows you how everything, everything is geared towards diversity. Hmm. Let's let's start with an English um, woman who is also of what appears to be Asian descent. And then let's have her mixed race daughter come in. Let's introduce it that way. And we want some type of an urban environment on the outside, but we don't want quite city-like, something in between. Can we get that? Can we do that? Of course we can. This is Apple. You can see them, and they can see you. Because you're not limited by a display, apps live in your space. Your photos can be life-size, or any size. So your living room becomes a gallery and panoramas wrap around you, as if you're right where you took them. Apple Vision Pro is Apple's first ever 3D camera. Now, you can capture photos and videos with remarkable depth and relive a memory as if you're right back in the exact moment. So for those that don't know how the 3D cameras work, uh, again, nothing new about this technology, is that basically you have two cameras side by side in a fixed location that are shooting a high definition experience with each of them. Then, uh, just like with your 3D television, if you're familiar with those, what you do is you get a side by side image. The, that side by side image is then interpolated into one image, which appears to give it more depth on each side as you move your head and move around. So you're not only looking around, but it appears everything is slightly moving and has that depth. I think it's a great technology. I had, I just broke it and threw it away uh, this year, but I had one of those, and I still do have one downstairs as well. These 3D TVs, right? Uh, I use one as a, a monitor downstairs, but the but the 3D television experience is, is a pretty you know, cool one, in my opinion. I, I like going to 3D movies. I know it makes some people feel sick, but I actually prefer it. I think it adds an as aspect of depth. There are certain ways you can do it that make it feel much more real. I'm sure a lot of you have been to a real 3D movie and they have that intro with the robot dog and the balls and they seem to be coming at you and it's done extremely well. I wonder how well this is going to be done, but at the same time, dude, you're sitting there with a headset on while your kids are playing. Instead of being involved with your kids playing or with a camera in your hands that does the same thing, you're wearing the headset to capture it so you can wear the headset to watch it? No thanks. It, like, again, all this technology, oh, your living room can become a photo gallery. 
could become a photo gallery with a flat screen television that everybody can see and they don't each have to have a $3,500 headset on. And that can be what? Directly streamed from your phone to most uh, televisions these days, to most smart devices. It's, it's inbuilt. But no, no, you need the Apple Vision Pro. Experiences on Vision Pro can also expand in three dimensions, filling the entirety of your space. Because that's exactly um, how you're going to meditate, how you're going to have some kind of inner spiritual connection. Now, you're going to wear a headset, Bruce Lee style, and get in your, your little position, and it's going to just give you the most immersive graphics. What? Like in the mindfulness app where you can create a moment of calm. Apple Vision Pro brings the scale and wonder of a movie theater to whatever space you're in. It automatically darkens and casts a beautiful glow into the room. And you can make the screen as big as you want. Spatial audio surrounds you and makes you feel like you're a part of the action. Once again, why do I want to spend two plus hours or an hour and a half with something on my face? If you want the movie theater experience, this is what I, and on a budget, by the way, this is what I suggest you do. You go to a pawn shop, you find yourself a nice HD, uh, at least 1080p projector you can get those now anywhere online used from 150 bucks to a really good one brand new five six hundred maybe 700 bucks i think i bought my my optima 1080p 4k pass through hdr which does a tremendous job brand new 700 bucks 700 bucks you combine that with a surround, a 5.1 surround system. By the way, I never buy anything new. I bought myself a 5.1 Yamaha old school surround system with a receiver for 40 bucks and a Salvation Army. Okay, great theater experience. Not just me. You know, um, me and my, my girlfriend and sometimes her daughter uh, really do enjoy laying back and having that full movie experience, which you do. Okay, without wearing a headset, with that technology. But now they're in. She's all alone in her nice house, and she's watching a movie in a virtual headset. Oh, and it sounds and looks amazing. I've never been able to have one of those headsets on and watch something that's just flat and two D and and feel like it's the theater experience. I think that's a big lie. And by the way. You know, already, if, if you are in this type of metaverse, that experience is already happening. Like, like I, they try to get me, you sit in a theater sometimes and watch it. Just realized we missed a commercial break. We'll come back to Apple in a moment after this word from our sponsor. Do you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Have you been threatened with levies or have unfiled returns? 
The IRS is hiring 87,000 agents to boost IRS collections and they have the power to seize assets, freeze bank accounts, and they can even take your home. Tax Network USA can help you today before it's too late. Our CPAs and certified tax experts have proven strategies that work for taxpayers time and time again. These same strategies have saved over $500 million in back taxes, permanently resolving tax debts for good. Stop collections and get relief today before it's too late. All right, guys, I, I do want to get back in uh, to the Apple thing. And I think we're going to do that at the top of the second hour. Uh, but right now, what I'd like to do is play a segment, okay, of my premium interview that, again, I want to apologize. I, I'm going to just continually apologize for this because it is important for me uh it's important for me to, to get out what I say I'm going to get out. And that's two premiums a week on the weekends. Okay? Wasn't able to do it. Had people canceled. Got up here bragging almost yesterday that don't worry, we've locked it in. We'll have two more up this afternoon. And then I get somebody canceled. The Jackman brothers did not cancel on me. They're extremely well-educated, hilarious and uh, we're going to explore really uh, how it began, you know, how they got into this uh, political spectrum, not only as young people early on, but, but later as people that got involved in big campaigns and, like I said, are hilarious in doing that. So let's get to it. Hey, everybody. Uh, tell me how the podcast gets started what your vision uh, was for it then, what your vision is for it now, and that recent sit-down with RFK Jr. Well, we kind of late 2014, I kind of knew I was interested in starting a podcast, and um, I met someone at a, a day job that I had who had already had his own podcast, and we were talking, and I said, hey, man, you know, I'm, I want to get this going, but I need help with some of the tech stuff, and these are some of the ideas I have, and uh, we met, and, you know, he agreed to it, and we basically put it together, and uh, officially, it started in 2015, so it's been going for about eight, eight and a half years now. And, um, you know, what I really wanted to do was interview political figures, figures in entertainment, authors, journalists, pop culture, anybody that I was interested in or, or um, had admired or, or just wanted to talk to, you know, someone who created art that I liked or something like that. So it was it was a mixture of, of wanting to do interviews, but also just covering the news and pop culture and history and film and uh, music, you know, talking about uh, news of the day. And what really one of the first guests that I, you know, a guest that I've always wanted to interview is RFK Jr. And in 2015, uh, I think was the first attempt uh, I made to try and contact him or his people and uh, didn't really have any success. And then a couple of years ago, I got through to like what, a gatekeeper and then it kind of, it didn't happen. And so it's, it's, so this has kind of been in the works for eight years, Jason, believe it or not, talking with RFK Jr. So um, it was pretty surreal. And yeah, the aim of the podcast is just to, just to put our stuff out there. And, and, uh, like we did, um, we had a great conversation with a producer and a journalist named, uh, David Whelan, who has a book and a film coming out about the assassination of John Lennon, uh, which is something I hadn't really looked into deeply up until recent years. 
Um, there's a couple of pretty good books about it, and he has one that's going to be coming out that's going to be called Give Me Some Truth. It's just so odd that when the FBI has files on you and they're following you around and they're trying to make you uh, less impactful of a political dissident, all of a sudden you get shot in the face. It's just so weird. It's just weird. Or the chest, which <laughs> that, I mean, that's a whole other where he got shot. That That's a whole other deal. So we did a great deep dive podcast over two hours, I think, almost on that. So what I like to do is do long form discussions and just have people that fascinate me or, or people that I respect and, and um, or have questions for. And it's been great with the New Hampshire primary. Like you said, we've been able to talk to all these presidential candidates. And hey, any, even if I disagree with someone or I don't like their views on stuff or you know, I, I'm, I'm going to be respectful if they're going to agree to sit down with me. So we've, we've been pretty, pretty successful with that. So uh, it's been a lot of fun and it's kind of grown into what you see today. But um, like you were saying, it really is out of our own pockets. I mean, we have we just have we have regular day jobs. Uh, we're not able to do this yet full time, although we'd like to. We're certainly going to keep working towards that. Um, but whenever we do is sit down in person with someone, we really put our all into it and try to make sure it's a really great uh, production and, and quality sound and picture. So we have our friend Jeff um, from JF3 Productions who's been with us since the beginning, who does an amazing bang up job on that. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been great, man. We've been getting great feedback and uh, it's still it's still a work in progress. Now, did you guys sit down with Dennis Kucinich, uh back in the day and talk to him about Building 7? Was that you two? I don't think we did a sit down with Dennis, but there's there's various clips of us like talking to him. I think I, there's footage of me talking with him about Sabelle Edmonds. Um, and I, it's certainly possible we might be sitting down with Dennis in the near future. So stay tuned for that. Um, but, yeah, Dennis was made himself very accessible in the 08 election um, to talk to us uh, about the 9-11 investigation and the Iraq war and stuff like that. So there's there, Martell, I think, has that footage, Burmist. I think I. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, because somewhere. you guys did. I, I want to say that that came uh, out of Student Scholars for 9-11 Truth when you guys were doing a bang-up job. I often refer to Dennis Kucinich because, uh, in my opinion, he's one of the uh, last few mainline, supposed mainline, Democrats that did challenge the war machine. He tried to impeach the Bush administration with, I believe it was 33 articles of impeachment, the last three of which had to do with 9-11 much further than any other mainline politician has done. He had been out of the spotlight really almost a decade at this point when you see him pop up uh, kind of as an advisor to RFK all of a sudden, making me want to get behind this campaign even further. My question to you guys would be, since you have sat down with a lot of these people over the years, and we'll start with Eric, but then I want to get... Uh, Mike's answer as well. Who was the most surprising person that you did sit down with where you went in there with a certain viewpoint, maybe came out a little different? And then what was it that they said or did that changed your mind? Wow, that's a great question. Um, well, you know, they always say don't meet your heroes. And I've always idolized and looked up to Jesse Ventura um, as one of my heroes because he's always been anti-war and spoken out and been a sore thumb to the establishment. You know, obviously what he did in 1998 in Minnesota, beating the two major parties as an independent with only like three 300 grand. And the other two parties had millions and millions of dollars in establishment backing and all the media and the press. Um, so I was able to get a sit down interview with Governor Ventura in New York City. 
he was there promoting his marijuana manifesto back in 2016. So I had been in touch with this booker because we had him on the show before just for a phone interview. And then I stayed in touch with her and said, hey, if I can get a camera crew to New York City while he's there promoting the marijuana manifesto, can we sit down for an interview? And she said, yeah, absolutely. So we scheduled that. And I was a little nervous. I was kind of nervous going into it. I'm like, oh, man, what's what's he going to be like in person? And uh, I have this this view of him. You know, we're going to become good buddies and, and all this stuff. And I just <laughs> I, I hope like I hope I don't embarrass myself and look like an idiot. Um, so the interview went really well. And then afterwards, um, you know, when he was leaving, I walked outside with him and I uh, just said, hey, you know, Governor, I, I just I really appreciate your time. And I've always really looked up to you, man. You've been one of my political heroes. So it just it meant a lot to me that you sat down with me today. And, uh, you know, we did one of these and like a bear hug. And he, and he said, you said you did a great job. Keep doing what you're doing. It's independent voices that are going to save this republic. You know, something along those lines. So, and he's was, a giant of a man. I've met Jesse. I've stood oh, next yeah. to him. He's a massive human being. He is. He's like six four, six five. He's the body, um, and he just he lived up to it, man. He he was awesome, and he couldn't couldn't have been more generous with his time. Um, and I really enjoyed interviewing him. So that was a lot of fun. And then, um, God, I, I, there hasn't really been like any bad experiences, Mike. You know what I mean? Like, can you think of anything off the top of your head where it was like, oh, man, that didn't go well? Where it was a bust? Yeah. Uh, no, but when we, when we interviewed David Icke, uh, kind of right off the bat, Eric was like, Eric proposed like a, a funny clip skit idea to him. So I think Ike thought that maybe we were trolls or trying to spoof him because um, you were Eric was like, he's like, uh, David, uh, can we get you to say, Hey Mike, you're listening to Jackman Radio, and if you don't tune in, you're a lizard or something like that. And so, so David was like, he's like, no, I'm not going to do that, Mike. And I was like, oh god, he's going to end the interview right now before the thing even gets off the ground. Um, so we interviewed Ike, and we kind of did a video thing like this, but unfortunately, we had a technical difficulty, and the thing either didn't get recorded or it got erased. But he recorded it on his end, so there's a, there's a version of it on BitChute or somewhere. There's a version of that one on BitChute or somewhere. Uh, those are the Jackmans. I had a really great conversation. That's like an eight-minute excerpt. You got Venturi. You got Ike impersonations. You're going to get more. Donnie T, Alex Jones, John Kerry. Really fun interview. We're probably going to play a couple more segments of that throughout the week. Um, when we come back uh, in the second hour and the uncensored portion of the broadcast, we are going to finish up this Apple virtual reality device. I got a ton more stories that I have not hit yet. And then we've got a great speech by Ron Paul, uh, about 11 and a half minutes that I'm going to be playing and uh, continuously interrupting. Yes, continuously interrupting. Before we move on, and we uh, get things going. I don't know that I've reported on this yet, and, and I think it's important. Uh, Fox Business cancels Kennedy, replacing it with Larry Kudlow reruns. Host will remain at network. This happened literally, I think, the day or two days before Kennedy came to Iowa with Jimmy Favalas to do a comedy show. And the reason I'm highlighting this is, listen, Kennedy was far from perfect. Her show was okay. Uh, but... In a lot of senses, she was anti-war and libertarian, uh, at least to the extent that people like Scott Horton of antiwar.com were allowed on the program. I don't think Fox liked that. 
I, I think obviously the message was sent when they got rid of their number one guy, the Tuckins. Uh, previous messages have been sent with the likes of Lou Dobbs on Fox Business, uh, basically being ignored or given the axe. So th this is a bad sign. It's a bad sign on the way to 2024. Not that Fox News has ever been great. One more commercial. We're going to come back to YouTube after that commercial just to let you know where the second hour is. It's Reality Rants. I am Jason Burmis. And yes, I use this VPN. So check out rvmvpn.com. We love the internet, but the internet is tracking everything you do. Take control of your online privacy with IP Vanish. People with malicious intent are everywhere watching you. Criminals can hack your Wi-Fi, while broadband providers and advertisers monitor your data. With IP Vanish on your device, your internet activity is encrypted. No one can see what you're doing. Your location, your connection, completely hidden. Protect your internet privacy today with IP Vanish. RVMVPN.com. That's how you do it. I I use it five devices at a time. Great VPN. Once again, guys, you want to see this second hour, we're going to get back into the Apple stuff. It's rvmrumble.com, rvmrumble.com, and we do it 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Thursday. We're going to see if we can't get another one of those great premium interviews up in the next 48 hours. We'll see who cancels. We'll see who doesn't. We'll see who shows up. But for now, the Jackmonious brothers, the Jackman twins, have returned. Uh, YouTube, I love you, but we're going to have to see you on the flip side. All right, we are officially disconnected from YouTube. Uh, I want to get back into this uh, Apple device and get right into the Vision Pro. And for an extraordinary cinematic experience, you can bring in a beautiful environment and make your screen feel a hundred feet wide. Vision Pro is a wonderful way to play your favorite games. Just connect your controller and play on a massive screen with incredible audio. And look, I have no idea what kind of graphics chip this thing has, and they have the PlayStation controller there. Uh, I wonder if that's a slight at Microsoft and the Xbox controller, which integrates to PC gaming. But that's one of the big faults of Apple, right? In my opinion, is that they've always kind of shunned the graphics card world. And even if you had a graphics card in your Mac, it wasn't necessarily for gaming most of the time. It's usually for editing and productivity. And they've tried to take away the need for that. But look, gaming on these headsets, when it's not a virtual reality game, again, I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. I think it's overhyped. I've done it. It sucks. And, and that experience of the giant screen, it doesn't feel like a giant screen. With Apple Vision Pro, you can create the perfect workspace. A lot of women, by the way. Lot, there's been one male in the entire commercial. A lot of women. And, and this is all on purpose. And look, it's, it's like, take a look at this, this woman's, it looks like a hotel room, okay? 
That's what we're looking at. We, we, it looks like we're in a hotel without a television. Now, I don't necessarily think this is, this is your new apartment where your bedroom is your living room. And I, look, a lot of people live that lifestyle already in urban areas. In Washington, D.C., in L.A., in New York City, in Chicago. And every time I go into one of these places, right, that is literally a place that's a glorified living room. A, a glorified living room. Every nook and cranny is accounted for. Um you couldn't toss a baseball around in there even underhand because the ceilings aren't that high. And these people are paying $1,500, $2,000, $3,000 a month just to not have a roommate in a, in a place that's about that size or less. Insanity. But it's okay. You'll put your virtual headset on. You'd have a, a, a mountainous... Uh, a mountainous view and a, a big screen television and the best video games have to offer. Just pay $3,500 for our VR headset and be a woman. No matter where you are, the web comes to life at fantastic scale. Text is crisp and easy to read. Browsing the internet feels new. No, it doesn't. And Safari expands. So... Nothing about this feels like a new experience to me. Somebody who's played with virtual reality for some time. You know, the web has always been pretty crisp to be able to read. Why wouldn't it be? Even with the uh, non-4K Quest 2 headsets, and I think they come in at the 2160p. They're, I think, I'm pretty sure they're not 1080 on each side. I'm pretty sure it's 2160. Very, very easy. None of this is new. None of it's new, but it's now it's Apple-based Look at the back band, J Jason, don't you understand? Apple's doing it. You can see all your open tabs. Your favorite apps from Apple and the App Store are there. You can arrange them however you like. And they keep hiding the pack, by the way. Like they show you the wire, but where where is the pack? Like, it's not on her back. This looks like it's coming around to her front and her leg. Why is that? Why is that? Like, like it, they're not being straight up honest with you about this device either, which is also worrisome. Across them. Hi. Hey. Hi. Did you miss it Yeah. I'm looking at it now. Oh, great. So, what did you think? FaceTime looks and sounds amazing in Apple Vision Pro. You see people life-size, and with spatial audio, you hear them as if they're right in front of you. So conversation is more natural, and collaborating becomes even easier. And because you see the world around you, you can glance at a notification, and even connect your Mac simply by looking at it. Turning a 13-inch screen into a giant display. In Apple Vision Pro, you can also transform your space. So once again, they're not showing you the pack, just showing you the headset. And now, oh, you want to lie down and relax with a headset on. 
You know, forget about going outside, lying down and looking out at the sky. No, we'll just put the sky on your ceiling because you got a headset on. Beautiful environments let you extend beyond the dimensions of your room. Like on a plane. You can now watch a movie on a huge screen in a stunning location. And you control just how immersed you want to be. To make all these digital experiences feel real in your space takes an extraordinary amount of technology. Yet Apple Vision Pro is remarkably compact and beautiful. A single piece of three-dimensionally formed laminated glass acts as a lens through which the cameras and sensors view the world. It flows seamlessly into a lightweight aluminum alloy frame. They love the sexy shots. Look how sexy our device is. Do the same thing with smartphones and cars and now VR devices. Look at the angle of our stainless steel model. Ooh, the glass is so perfect. I mean, it, it, I guess it's a little more aesthetically pleasing than the other things on the market. Is it $3,500 a piece? No, no. That gently curves to wrap around your face. And we designed a modular system so you can find the right fit. The light seal keeps stray light from your eyes. And a soft frame gently flexes and conforms to your unique features. The headband is 3D knitted to provide cushioning, breathability, and stretch. And a high performance battery reduces weight to a minimum and slips easily into your pocket. Okay, so, so it looks like the pack is pretty small. Pretty small, probably replaceable. Um, the tethering thing, I mean, that's not so bad. It, it still kind of sucks that it needs that. I would imagine in later models, they'll probably incorporate it somewhere in the band or in the headset itself. Generally, I'm not sure what this one is bragging, how long the, the battery pack lasts. But generally, your experience with a VR headset is going to be somewhere in like tops, like the three hour range. Tops. And they, you know, I'm not even sure that the Quests have fast charge, but it takes a, a decent amount of time to charge them back up as well. Because you wear Apple Vision Pro and your eyes are covered, we engineered a system that uses advanced machine learning to represent you realistically when you're in FaceTime. Your persona dynamically reflects your face and hand movements. So when you're chatting, people see your eyes, hands, and true expressions. Yeah, apparently it's gonna create some type of a digital avatar that's super realistic. And while you're in the headset for these communications, it's also going to give up your facial expressions, which in my case, using some of these headlights, headsets seems to be, it would be extremely limited with your face being covered. To convincingly place content in your space took thousands of groundbreaking innovations and custom technologies. 
Since your eyes see the world with incredible resolution, we built a micro OLED display system that fits 64 pixels in the same amount of space as a single iPhone pixel and packs 23 million into two panels the size of a postage stamp. That's more than a 4K TV for each eye, giving you jaw-dropping, lifelike clarity. Apple Vision Pro also features our most advanced spatial audio system ever. Personalized sound is delivered directionally to your ear. And audio ray tracing uses sophisticated sensors to understand the materials and objects. Audio ray tracing. And I don't know whether that's hype or not. Uh, I do prefer headsets that do allow audio to come out of the headset without a pluggable device. This is one of them. Quest does it as well, and I'm sure, again, the Quest 3 um, that is also on its way out for, what is it, one-seventh of the price of this? One-seventh of the price is going to have uh, something similar. So here's the two, here's the three. Uh, the three obviously has a bunch more sensors and control on it. That's not what we're looking We're looking at the Apple one. Ooh, $3,500. I need it. It's an Apple device. It's in your room. So sound feels like it's coming from the world around you. 3D mapping provides a detailed understanding of walls, furniture, and even people. So all experiences look, sound, and feel like they are physically there. To power a spatial computer like Apple Vision Pro required an innovative dual-chip design. M2 provides phenomenal performance. And a brand new chip, R1, processes sensor data at incredible speed, virtually eliminating lag. So experiences take place in real time, right in front of your eyes. A stunning new way to use the apps we love. Can you imagine being alone in your home, using these devices all the time, further isolating you from the actual reality that surrounds you? It's just creepy, man. It's just creepy. And, and again, it's going nowhere. It's going nowhere. It's going nowhere. But pushing forward. They want you in a headset. They've teamed up with the World Economic Forum to define and build this metaverse, okay, that is going to bring in governance and social value for future economies. You understand? This is it. This is what they, they lay it right out for you right here. The digital economy, okay? Future of media, entertainment, and sport. Blockchain technology. It's all right here. Inequality. Is that inequality? Uh, or is that inequity? Jeez, it's so hard. That that one's really hard to read. Let's, the problem is you make it bigger like that. doesn't get that text bigger. You got to go over it. See, there's manufacturing, health and healthcare, 3D printing. And yes, it is inequality now that I'm reading it. See, look at that. Scroll over. Inequality. See, my eyes are pretty good for an old man still at that 100% level. So strategic intelligence, that's what all, it's not going anywhere. It's being pushed by the Davos crew. It's not just about monetary profit. 
It's about changing our entire way of life, our ecosystems, both socially and economically. That's what this is about. A powerful way to relive our memories. And by the way, again, not knocking it, not knocking it at all, because look, my, my, my nieces, they're, they're little black girls. You know, my nephew, little black boy, you know, they like two different sisters, could, couldn't care less. But you notice everybody, you know, like there's no white family represented here at all, at all. Like uh, this guy's, you know, kids aren't white because white people are out. And I don't normally talk about that as an issue, but it is an issue in the sense that the overwhelming vast majority of people in this country and westernized world and the westernized world are being completely ignored. In fact, not just ignored but demonized in most cases as what? It's white supremacy and domestic extremism that are the largest threats to the homeland. Anytime I hear a threat to the homeland, when that shit comes out of someone's mouth, I get upset. I get upset. It's like, no, the largest threat to the homeland is the military-industrial complex and the intelligence community that's hell-bent on taking us out as a citizenry on behalf of a predator class, on behalf of a transhumanist virtual nightmare. That's it. And continually, they want to demonize that section of the popu uh, population, not, quote-unquote, because of their skin color, because it is their skin color that lets them take advantage of the largest section of the populace. Okay, so it's not that they're white. It's that a lot of people are white. So you want to encapsulate that entire group as criminal or potentially criminal with zero evidence. And that gives you massive amounts of control over that society. So when you're doing these types of videos, when you're doing these types of advertisements, what? You're playing up the, the equity agenda in ESG, right? That's ex exactly what you're doing. When I say ESG, that's economic, societal, and governance. They're SDGs, they're sustainable development goals. Almost one and the same. But that those goals can only come into fruition if you suppress and demonize the largest section of the population in the country. And by the way, the reality is that not everybody, but again, the, the majority of those that are living that middle class or upper middle class lifestyle, which they want to get rid of, happen to be white people. It's just true. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't Hispanics, Asians, Latinos, um, Black people that do the same thing, of course there are. Of course there are. But I got news for those people as well. They want you to do worse. When they talk about the equalization of the haves and the have-nots, they don't tell you about the have-everythings. It's total and complete devastation of people and families and communities 
that are largely independent from government authoritarianism and force. They're not looking for a handout. They're not looking for a universal basic income. And that sect of people is largely shamed into agendas, shamed into taking the hate and lie shot, right? Shamed into uh, being a part of helping uh, stop the climate crisis. Shamed into those things. And unfortunately, I would say a large segment of those people in the middle and upper middle class are just totally and completely donezo when it comes to what's going on in the political spectrum because they've never been engaged. And they're on a, a team. They're team liberal or team conservative and they're team Democrat and they're team Republican. And they in large part just get their talking points and their beliefs by regurgitating what they have heard, seen, read, watched on the television by their favorite pundit. See how that works? So this virtual arena is the next arena. Okay, let's finish it up. It's got about 30 seconds left in this new Apple Vision Pro reveal. A profound new way to be together. And a magical way to be immersed in entertainment. The era of spatial computing is here. This is Apple Vision Pro. Boom, we're Apple. <laughs> Let's hit up a couple of these stories before we get to uh, Ron Paul. And uh, Ron Paul still killing it after all these years, even after that stroke on air. Man, when I watched that stroke on air that he had, now it's got to be close to, what, two, three years ago? It's a while ago. I was so, I mean, my, my heart was, it was hard for me to watch, man. It's hard for me to watch. This is a guy who has uh, stood up to establishment politics for decades. This is a guy whose son, however imperfect, is still one of the best people in the Senate. This is a guy who walks the walk and talks the talk. You know, not just sitting up there grandstanding, really lives that lifestyle. And the speech is tremendous. That's why we're going to play it. I want to get to some other news so we don't just get lost in it. Because what do we got? We got about 33 minutes left in the second hour broadcast before we hit the string of commercials leading into uh, I'm Fired Up with Chad Canton. And these things fly by. Two, two hours seems to just fly by with you guys every single day. You know, I get up here in the morning. Uh, I usually sit down at my desk somewhere in the 6.30 range after a shower and grabbing my coffee. And oftentimes, even though I have an idea of what I'm going to do because I make my thumbnails the night before, obviously I, I saw that the Apple headset was out and that was what I wanted to focus on. But then I'm like, man, two, I can't just do two hours on that. What else are we going to do? And I go through and I find a dozen stories and I find some other videos and I'm still thinking to myself, man, is that going to be enough? It's always enough. I mean, we had some fun yesterday with the AI 
show, showing you that the AI, the artificial intelligence, is already extremely biased. It's an Apple commercial, basically, right? Right, we were doing like construction workers and like there's no white guys doing construction anymore according to the AI in Adobe. It's just done. In fact, there are swarming teams of women doing hard labor in construction with no men at all according to the AI if you watch uh, the final segments in the second hour yesterday. So KGP, Karine Jean-Pierre, does not answer the uh, question <laughs> when asked if Biden 80 uh, could survive a second term. You know, the guy falling down everywhere, the guy that can't speak, the guy that looked confused yesterday while they had the, uh, I think it was the Kansas City Chiefs for their Super Bowl hey now. He has no idea what's going on. No idea what's going on. All right? So... Here it is, and here's the answer. One other one on Nikki Haley. She also said that a vote for uh, President Biden is a vote for Vice President Kamala Harris. W what do you say to anyone who is questioning whether the president would survive a full four-year term? So let me just say this. Uh, it, I'm not going to comment on the 2024. She is a candidate, so I want to be very careful here. Uh, and uh, we do follow the Hatch Act, so I want to be really, really mindful here. Um, look, this is a president, if you look at his track record, if you, and I'm saying this more broadly, if you look at what he's been able to do, uh, he has been able to push forward and get done historic pieces of legislation. Uh, he has gotten more done than any other president when you think about the infrastructure legislation, when you think about... The, the infrastructure legislation has nothing to do with infrastructure. It has to do with the complete and total devastation. The complete and total devastation of our first world lifestyle here in this country. It's not building roads. It's not building bridges. And I've talked about the road systems, the highway systems. First of all, the, uh, let me explain what a real infrastructure bill would look like. A real infrastructure bill would acknowledge that we need a high-speed railway system in this country that could compete. Imagine that. Let's see what we got. I got one from Ray. Oh, well, of course, Ray, man. You guys are, you're, you guys are awesome. It needs no thank you, Ray. Uh, you guys deserve it. You guys kick ass. Anyway, a... a a real infrastructure would, number one, look at our highway system, see it's dated, figure out what we can use other than concrete, not only in our highways, but our roadways that would last longer. Okay, we, we've got to have some other type of material. Second, secondly, the railway system. Think about a system in which you had high-speed railways connected to every single major urban center in the country. So... Let's take New York, for example, because I'm highly familiar with New York. You would have stops in New York City, Long Island, Albany, Buffalo, um, maybe Rochester instead on the left, and then Binghamton on the right. Possibly you could go up to Niagara Falls if, if the system was also interconnected with Canada, which it could very well be. Okay? Now, with that being said... 
That means if you live outside of any of these cities, okay, if you live 20 minutes out, you take a 20-minute commute to your train, and now that train can take you not only anywhere in the state like that, 10, 15, 20-minute commute, but if you want an hour-long commute, you probably get down to D.C. You get into Pennsylvania. You can work over in Pittsburgh. Changes everything, man. Changes everything. Doesn't, it doesn't just change the way you travel with your family for a vacation or the way that you travel on a business trip across the country. No, it, it would change the demographic of where you could work outside of this uh, virtual environment, which they're trying to push. They're trying to say that everything can be done virtually. Meanwhile, Apple knows that their employees are way more productive when they're in the office. That's why they make them come to the office. Okay, so a, a true infrastructure bill would be building that type of infrastructure. You want to talk about into the future without a headset. Maglev trains aren't even the future. They are the long past. They are a technology that has already been utilized by Japan on a mass level. We don't even talk about it here. Infrastructure, Bill. The in, uh, every time I hear that that was an inf it was literally the build back better bullshit that nobody wanted and didn't like their talking points. Remember build back better? That was launched by Andrew Capo Cuomo in this country in April of 2020. He was, as far as I can see, April 17th. If somebody else out there can show me something between March and April, before that, of any U.S. politician, right, or talking head using the term build back better, I'd love to see it. So they launched it with America's governor, build back better, got it drawing lines between 9-11 and COVID-1984 with the grab-ass king, with the serial killer of old people who don't even give them a slap on the wrist for that. Nope, no slap on the wrist for the ass grabbing. Nope, we just get rid of you after we let you write a book, a bestseller that you didn't even really write, and then we gave you an Emmy. On top of it, Andrew, Andrew Capo Cuomo. He's the one that launched, in reality, what will become the infrastructure bill. So the Build Back Better nightmare, nobody wanted because there were already compilation videos everywhere of establishment hack losers from around the globe, whether it's Andrew Capo Cuomo or Justin Blackface Trudeau. Build Back Better, Build Back Better, Build Back Better. So it can't get past... Literally everything's still there. We'll call it an infrastructure bill. We'll, and, then, and then the conservatives and the people that lean towards the right complain, oh, rhinos passed it. Stop with your Johnny nonsense and Republicans in name only. No, establishment hack losers passed it on behalf of their masters in the predator class. That's what happened. And Corinne Jean-Pierre acting like Biden is some kind of historic hero for this is absurd when she's asked, hey, the guy doesn't look like he's doing so well. Could he even survive a second term? Meanwhile, Kamala embarrassed, nowhere to be seen. I actually talked a little uh, cackle monster with the Jackman brothers 
in uh, that large uh, one-hour premium interview that I know that you guys are going to go support. Redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. Redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. Try it out for a buck today. Just one uno dollar. One dollar you get the first week. Ten bucks a month or lock it in. Support this broadcast. Tell them Jason Burma sent you. For a hundred bucks, you save 20 and you get all RVM premium, which includes two premium interviews that I put out there every single week. Rain or shine, storm or not, cancellations or whatever. We figure out a way. We hammer it home. We continue to march forward. Back to Karine Jean-Pierre. He's just historical. I mean, Biden is the And then she's going to go on to how infrastructure was a joke to the previous administration. Say what you want about Donnie T and the Trump gang. Uh, they were very, very much about creating an economy that worked for the actual middle class. Yeah, they gave tax breaks not only to the middle class, but to their, their cronies at the top 100%. They absolutely did that. Okay, I was still making more money. They were still not turning the energy off. They were still into the pipeline system, whether you like it or not. And this guy is devastating actual infrastructure. The last president, it was a joke. We were talking about infrastructure week. It was literally a joke. Now you hear this president talking about infrastructure decade. When you think about being for Medicare, being able uh, to negotiate and lower cost for Americans, that matters. That matters to the American people. When you think about actually creating jobs, good paying jobs, which is part of this president's economic policy, that matters to the American people. The president literally, literally just was able to get done a bipartisan uh, agreement on the budget, which many people didn't think he would be able to get done. And budget, horrific, horrific, horrific. And, and I'm still waiting, McCarthy. I'm still waiting on all that January 6th footage we we're all supposed to get. This president was able to get done. So look, this is a president that's been attacked during 2020 where people said, oh, no one's going to, he's not going to win. He's not able to get it done. There's you, you guys stole the election. He, uh, Trump literally probably won 47 out of 50 states, if not all 50. He didn't get anything done. He didn't campaign after the primary debates. I think he did, what, one debate with Donnie T? One where they had him hyped up on amphetamines and he still sucked. Way better than he had been doing. Way better than he had been doing. Still awful. Still awful. This administration is the Zombie J administration where Zombie J don't run nothing. There's no way he's going to be the next president and he made it happen. In 2022, the same thing. There's going to be a red wave. It's not going to happen. Democrats are in trouble. And, and again, here we are with the red wave. I told everybody. There, look. No red wave, no saviors are coming in 2024. I, I, go watch me during the midterms. Just tell everyone, it's not happening, Jackson. And I, and I told people the reason it was not happening is you have not changed the infrastructure. You're still allowing machines to count and cast ballots. Stop. That's the number one stop. Then we have to have real audits and oversight. 
Otherwise, and, and that's the thing with Donnie T and this run and the whole nine. A lot of people say, well, they can't steal it from him again because they, they can't have the mail-in ballots. First of all, we don't know whether they're going to have the mail-in ballots or not. They only need them in some places. And secondly, that's one part of this infrastructure, that the, the true infrastructure, that has been set up to ensure that your voice and your vote only counts if you're backing the establishment candidate. If you're backing the predator class minion. Only way it counts. And, and again, Donnie T was in the greatest position of power he possibly could have been in 2020 and still wasn't able to challenge the results. Still wasn't able to get a true and fair audit in many of the states. Meanwhile, like we showed you yesterday, John Kerry, it appears, and I've said this before, John Kerry won in 2004. And he was he was put there to lose. He knew he had uh, won and didn't want to challenge it at all. Why? Because he was there as the counter to the Bush administration that they wanted to keep in. And John Kerry was promised, and it was delivered to him, that he would be very, very much a part of this globalist, transhumanist nightmare we are starting to witness here by grandstanding, all right, and acting as though he's a benevolent force for good and that he's going to save us from the climate crisis. And the UN is good, and the World Health Organization is good, and he's good. He's the good billionaire. Now, I don't even know if John Kerry himself has a billion dollars. Sure likes to fly on private jets, though. And John Kerry really got into this club on another level when he married into the Heinz family. Some of that sweet, sweet Heinz money. And I do believe that he got divorced and married again after that. But but once you're there, man, you're there. We actually, again, great conversation with the Jackman brothers about John Kerry and, and his role in this quote-unquote new world order. The new world order. All right. If we don't start playing it now, there's no way we're even going to get through some of it. And I, and I already have the feeling that we're probably not going to get through all of it. But I'm going to try not to interrupt Ron Paul as he gives this bang-up speech right here. Oh, boy. <laughs> God darn it. Gosh darn. Of, co of course, that would be the one. That would be the one. And I'm, I'm so sick of this happening. I go and I rip a video, and for some reason, it just doesn't, it doesn't have the audio. So now I got to sit here and I got to go and try to find my 11 minute Ron Paul video. There it is right there. That's 1130. That's the one. Okay. So we're going to play it from the web and uh, here it is. Uh, no, the, uh, the uh, object, no, there's no, they, they claim there's no objective way of knowing what truth is. 
And that means there's a, there, there's a void there. Something has to fill it. And of course, uh, I think what has filled it, uh, if you can't have truth, you have to have something else. And that is somebody comes in with a substitute. And that is what we're witnessing today, the consequence of many, many decades and years of people always challenging the truth. And uh, tr truth, truth is, it's treasonous. That's all there is to it. Especially if the empires have to be saved, you have to keep telling lie after lie after lie. And you, you, you either capitulate and accept, or you get shunned, or you get canceled. And it's a big, big issue. And I think this is the reason why so many people, you, you know, too often the pressure, the economic pressure is put on them. It was once said that, that, that the, uh, Soviets didn't have to have a lot of policemen badgering and shooting and putting in prison. It was always an economic punishment. They canceled you. They took away your job. They took away your, your apartment. And, the, and they took away your food. That is what's doing. And now just look at what you don't, if you don't follow it, there's all kinds of screen, uh, all kinds of ways, schemes to punish people who don't obey the law. We'll stop your PayPal account. You could be obeying the wall. We don't care. We'll get rid of your GoFundMe. Okay, we'll put you on blast like they did that poor nurse. You know, and obviously that flipped and came out who, who said she was stealing one of the, the bike shares, the motorized bike shares from a black man. So a pregnant woman nurse who had the receipts. There's some kind of misunderstanding. It goes viral. She loses her job. She loses... You could just be doing your own thing during the day and happenstance and circumstance, all of a sudden you go viral and you're done. You're canceled. You didn't do anything. You're not, a, you're not even a public figure. Forget about people that have resources or a voice that's listened to. They're gunning for your ass. So and you know, I don't even like to call it cancel culture because like Ron Paul's telling you, it's existed for quite some time. It's not new. And that is uh, their law. And that is where the real problem comes because nobody knows exactly what the, what the rules and the laws are in, a, in an age of nihilism to deny everything. And that's really what, what we're, we're facing today. And you know, a consequence of what we're trying to say, in, in many ways, some people describe it as, you know, an attack on Western civilization. Uh, when, when you think of the development of civilization all the way back to day one, it's been gradual and steady, but it really exploded uh, civilization in, in the uh, uh, Enlightenment in that period. Uh, you, you know, with, uh, with, with John Locke and Jefferson and others, this, this has been a tremendous boost. But something happened here probably more than 100, 100 years ago. And it was almost like the people who knew and understood what civilization and freedom was all about. There was an exhaustion. The exhaustion was in the midst of plenty. I think in a way, uh, prosperity it can backfire on it. You know, we have so much great productivity. Our living standards, in spite of the government, are sensational, although it's, uh, it's all based on lies and fake money, pretense, debt, loss of liberty, but there's a lot of, uh, of prosperity that people are content with. And, that, and that's part of the problem, by the way, is that we've had it too good for too long. And like I said, those in that middle and upper middle class are often so disengaged from the political arena 
because they don't believe it can actually hurt them or reach them because their standard of living has been so good. But when they tell you that they want to equalize everything and stabilize the world population and end the haves and the have-nots, that means your standard of living, if you're at that level, is about to plummet despite being in the United States because all of it is based on what? Lies and a house of cards that's ready to fall. A house of cards that Ron Paul has warned about for decades. And even when you have something like COVID, uh, they can instantaneously, in a bipartisan way, oh, okay, we need to send people money. How much you need? Oh, about $1,500 for everybody. You know, on and on. They just do that. And the, the thing is, they get away with it just by, by building a, uh, a bigger bubble than ever before. And that's what we're doing. And it's always at the expense of some personal liberty. And uh, <clears throat> that's what we have to realize. But it's been going on. I think the, the crisis uh, uh, in, in our country in particular and probably worldwide has been the uh, arrival of the uh, progressive movement at the beginning of, of the last century. And 150, 20, 30 years now, uh, it's been going on, and it's this progressivism. I think the problems we face today uh, are, are are really philosophic, and it, it isn't just because we need a couple more members of Congress. Yeah, we should try. We, we, we should work as hard as we can for the point of what we really need. But that that is not the solution as much as we need to deal with the philosophy, we're facing a philosophic crisis. This is one of the reasons that uh, uh, I have a homeschool program, because I cannot believe that government schools can do anything for us to save our republic. They've been pretty piss poor, and they've gotten more and more piss poor. And we've seen it happen. Again, I saw it happen in real time with my generation not just in academia, but in sports, right? The participation trophies, the, the ribbons for everybody, the getting rid of core curriculums that were there and downgrading it to common core, to changing the SAT system, to the limitations on the value of American history. I took AP history in high school, advanced placement. And basically, you got a one to five on the test. And if you got a four or five on the test, you were guaranteed to get college credit. If you got a three, there was a possibility. I scored a three. Uh, I think that my boy Randy got a five. He was like one of the few people. I don't know if there were any fours out there. I think there were a couple fives, a lot of threes. And I was far from perfect, but I had an interest in not only this country's origin story, the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, but the amendments to the Constitution after the fact, the civil, the actual civil rights movement in this country. The, the fact that we had a perfectly imperfect document that when it was saying or doing the wrong thing or not protecting every one of its citizens as enshrined in the beginning, <clears throat> the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness for all of its citizens, it was corrected. 
It was corrected. And, and that's not to say that these guys were perfect. And that's not to say that slavery was good for God's sakes. Of course it wasn't. Of course it wasn't. But it gave you a, an ingrained idea that government, even our government, is not to be trusted nor celebrated. It is to be challenged. Okay? It is to be, it is to be questioned. And it is to be opposed when it is trying to impose tyranny on another population or this one. That's not in school anymore. That, you know, go ask a high school student or a junior, you know, I got a couple of junior high kids, my nieces. They don't really know about the founding fathers. And if I ask them about the founding fathers, the first thing they're going to tell me is they were slave owners. Not that they were patriots, not that they defeated the British, not about the Boston Tea Party. No, they were slave owners. That's on purpose. Especially when we think they probably are the ones that did the most to destroy it. And uh, so we can't expect too much on that. And that, that, that to me, of course, is a, is a, real, a real tragedy. You know, uh, one of the people in, the, in that early history uh, in the Enlightenment period was an individual that Jefferson admired. Jefferson was not alive when John Locke was alive, but John Locke offered an awful lot to building up civilization, understanding what personal liberty is all about. And that sort of era ended as we moved into the, uh, uh, into the 21st century. And the 20th century, of course, was the 20th century was pretty darn bad. When you think of the carnage, the people who died, and uh, we heard today about how many died in recent years. What about the whole century? It's just horrible. I don't know how we survive all of this, and yet the philosophy hasn't changed. Matter of fact, uh, there, there's still all this going on. I mean, I think it's, it's a shame, and it's a challenge for me and others to because to do this, uh, to, to complain about what's happening, we have to challenge our government. Of course, I think that's what the First Amendment is all about. It's to challenge our government. It isn't to talk about the weather reports. You should have the right to challenge our government. But just thinking well, with this, uh, uh, with the social media movement and this idea of government working together with social media to be able to punish people for saying the wrong things. That is a disaster, and that has to be curtailed. You know, the uh, COVID epidemic was obvious a uh, disaster for us. And you talk about truth. Yes, there's a lot of lying and cheating and scaring and spending and all those things. But the one that hurt me personally the most was the medical lies that they told. That, that to me was the principle that was violated that, that government bureaucrats could define medical terms and then enforce them. And the doctors that didn't go along got punished. Why did you lose their jobs? But what about this whole nonsense? Why did the people put up with it? Yeah, why did we put it? And this is coming from an actual doctor. You know, not just, not always a PhD. Him and his son are real doctors. What, what, what about this idea? There is no such thing as natural immunity. That to me is so bizarre. And uh, I was looking for, for an answer on that. 
and uh, I think uh, Ch Charles McKay, uh, who wrote Delusions, uh, uh, what was the book on there? It was, uh, uh, excuse me, Popular Delusion and the Madness of Cries. And by the way, you know, this is an elderly gentleman. He's, he's far from as sharp as he used to be. There was some stumbling and stuttering there. Compared to Zombie J, I mean, at this point, even Ron Paul in that type of mental and physical condition would be far superior to the puppet-in-chief, period. I just want to point that out. Crowds. People get together, and they act like a mob. And, uh, and it's... it's, it's um, you know, a, a gang of people ganging up and people acting mad. He said, he said, uh, McKay uh, said, they, they go mad and they go crazy, go not in herds. People get together, just a whole herd, and it's a mob. And uh, sometimes I think that's what pure democracy is all about, too, when they are able to take over and, and finally manipulate the interest. And, uh, but the, the, the key to his, McKay's complaint was that when people get upset and they uh, are, are excitable, they'll act in her herds, but they only recover one at a time. That's why you're very important. We're all recovering. We're all trying to understand that everybody has a job. So it is not a numbers game. You can't wait and say, well, I need a little more support before I run for Congress because, you know, that's not going to work. No, they have to. You have to do it one at a time because, and Daniel mentioned, I'm, I'm an enthusiastic about the principle of the remnant. I think the remnant is out there. It's usually more of a biblical argument, but I see it in a broader sense. There's always a remnant of people who want to know the truth. That's why I welcome you here, and you give me a lot of encouragement of you people seeking to just simply know the truth. That shouldn't be so bad. But what we're up against is a religion. Nihilism is a religion, and uh, it's, it's something that uh, is more difficult to, to attack, and it has invaded, ingrained. It's in our universities. It's in all the organizations. How can one individual uh, become so able to control so much a very rich person george soros he he deserves a lot of credit for being successful but we don't deserve a lot of credit for not recognizing it and stopping it but that is just think of how much infiltration he's had in all the organization the judicial system the the colleges the whole works education medicine they're, they're totally infiltrated so yes we can complain about and meanwhile a guy like george soros who obviously looks like he's on his last legs because he is, has the finest medical care, the finest medical care. And you think he wants that for you? F no. Our government, I've done that a few times, and uh, we can offer our solution. But ultimately, uh, I, I have had trouble with this, uh, this point, but I think I've come around to accepting it. The, ultimately, the kind of government we have is a result of the consensus of the people. And I thought, well, that can't be, can't be. There's not a consensus because right now, I don't think, I, I imagine what's going on right now, I'll bet you uh, 
We, as a matter of fact, there are some statistics, 70 or 80% of the people don't like what, what's going on. But the consensus of the people uh, means that we allow, you know, those people who grab hold of power uh, and what they did in COVID, you know, all kinds of motivations that they had to do COVID. But the people did not stand up. They We didn't stand up. We acquiesced. We allowed it. And now we're in the situation we are in. Folks, that's going to wrap it up. Chad Canton is next. Remember, you want to support the broadcast. It's redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. Sign up for just 10 beans, 10 beans a month, $100 for the year, or get that sampler pack. Get that sweet, sweet $1 first week deal. I love you guys, and I will see you on the flip side.